Welcome to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to the Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And with me, with me, I have the amazing, the incredible Allison Schaefer, guys. She's one of my dear friends. She's a parenting expert. She is a mama. She is an author. She is a family counselor. Did I say she's a parenting expert? Because she is. <laughs> hey, Allison, how are you? Oh, I am so good. So good to see you. Just, I, I miss you. I miss all the gatherings we used to be able to catch up on. This is oh, too yeah. long. It's too long. That, too that, you just summed it up right there. It's, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I know we haven't, the last time we saw each other was on Zoom, like we're doing right now, for the parenting show, which was roughly maybe or close to a year ago now. Yep. I think you're right. And we were talking then about the stress and the anxiety and the heaviness and all the feels and emotions that we're going through with this COVID pandemic. But back then we thought that there was some light at the end of the tunnel. Well, and yeah, and you know, when it first started, I think we forget too, we hadn't quite figured out like, you know, you had to wipe down your groceries and like, we, and nobody really knew the extent of how bad it was gonna get. And you know, it was before we were even talking vaccines. So it was like, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting that now we're at a different emotional, like now we're burnt out, now we're exhausted, now we're feeling like enough already. Uh, you know, there's, I feel there's a real kind of angry, like societal joint anger now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know that we were talking a little bit about it off air, but we're just saying how we feel like Canada is just so behind yeah we look at everyone else like a week ago the UK actually in Liverpool they had this like beautiful outdoor music festival and I was watching and I was like how because I thought the UK was doing really really bad like how is this possible or I saw people you know what I mean like people that I know uh that live in the states and they're like just partying it up in Miami and I'm like wait, does this mean that things are better or are these people ignoring it because they hit that breaking point that they're just like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so hard to know to, to your point, are these rule breakers or are there pockets of, that are really in full recovery now that can lead a more normal life? And, you know, with so much fake news, who knows, who knows? I, know. I see, I see New Zealand, New Zealand's been, been kicking some. Oh, they rocked it. Oh, they, yeah. And Australia rocked it too. Yeah. I've got relatives in Australia. Yeah. They're, they're they're just, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous. I always tell people on social, I'm like, never, ever compare yourself to other people out there. But I am, I, I'm not, I'm not taking my own advice here, Allison. I'm looking at Canada and I'm turning to those countries like Australia, New Zealand, Israel, and UK now because music festivals are my jam. And I'm just like, I'm comparing. I'm like, what are we doing wrong? What is it going to take to get there? Because I am exhausted. And I know a lot of people are, we're just tired. Yeah. And you know, moms have really taken the brunt of this. Can I tell you, you know, um, really, if, if you're uh, looking at um, who had to shoulder so much, 
it was enough to work at home. But to work at home and then do homeschooling, and again, to the to the dads that are listening, and you may be a very participatory, egalitarian household, um, but I will still argue generally in society, women are like the supervisors of that. It's not to say that the dads don't step up. And again, there's dad, dad, and mom, mom households. I want to be inclusive yeah. in, in all of this. But, you know, it is it is... We still live in a tradition where the 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 supervisor, the overarching person who things really default to, is uh, is going to be the mother of the household. So there's this sense of responsibility for all that online schooling and all you know, have, supervising all of that and and dealing with the kids' distress that they're not doing well online. And um, and so we're seeing a lot of moms are really collapsing under all of this which is really to, to your point unfortunate because we we've got to we we need more staying power we're, we're not done yeah. yet we can't we can't we no. can't collapse yet no we we need something we need another yeah. vaccine we, a mom a mom a special mom COVID mom vaccine yes <laughs> yeah yeah you know but, but you don't have to line to, up for yeah <laughs> but to your point yes the moms are you know what I mean like just generally and not to like you know not trying to piss any dads off or or anything like that but we do generally take on a lot of the responsibilities you know and we're breaking down but what I'm also noticing is that now the kids who for so long were doing okay are now the ones getting tired and they're like mom like I look at my three kids who are uh, turning 10, turning eight, and I've got a five and a half year old. And they're just like, mama, I don't want to do this anymore. How much longer of COVID-19? And I'm like, the fact that they know so much about this virus and this pandemic is just like mind blowing to me because I'm like, you're a kid. Like you shouldn't know this stuff. You shouldn't have to worry about this stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the the, uh, the kids have had to shoulder some of this, and I've been trying to encourage parents to frame it in a way that doesn't sort of pity them. Uh, I mean, I do, I do feel bad for the kids, but that's different than, you know, pitying sort of says they can't manage. That's really, that's sort of a differentiator there. So p- pitying is, I feel sorry for you because you can't manage. And I always want to send messages to kids that, you know, some t- like you, you can manage, it's tough. Yeah. And um, I think what's interesting is, is you know, they're for, this will forever be woven into the narrative of their life. Oh, for sure. Um, all of ours, all of ours, but, you know, in their formative years. And, you know, I want that narrative to be that they were helpers, you know, that they did their yes. part, that everybody, it took the whole world working together, you know, and that's something pretty special, like to be thinking globally like that, you know, like, look at how hard it's taken us to get on top of environmental issues, which is a global issue. Right? I know we were like, there is like that positive side to it, because we all work together together. To and so, yeah. you know, and I think as much as you know, yeah, I hate the zoom classroom environment. That's not the way learning was, you know, meant to, to, meant to be designed. Uh, and it's so funny because, of course, everyone's complaining their kids are always on technology and then you put them on technology for school and then they don't want to be on technology. I know. <laughs> and it's so and it's so important to get the kids active and social. Yeah. Not only for the kids, 
but also for us who are at home, like, and trying to work and trying to homeschool. Like, I think us parents need a break. I think the kids need a break. They need to like, you know, get out there and be with other kids. Um, and to that point, actually sponsor of the show, we watch, I've got Jessica joining us on the yeah. line, Jessica Ramage, who is a registered early childhood educator and supervisor of we watch. And I think it's really important that we talk about the fact that it is, it's, I think, crucial that we give our kids the opportunity to get out there and socialize during this time in a safe way. Like, don't get me wrong. Not only is it beneficial to the kids, but also to us as parents, because it is just too much to be working from home and doing the stuff with the kids. It's not that we don't love our kids. It's just a lot. Jessica, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. So Jessica, Tell us a little bit about WeWatch and how it can help us parents right now during this crazy time. WeWatch um, has been around for 35 years. We have um, 970 providers across Ontario. We're licensed by the Ministry of Education and um, Parents prefer us because of the small number of children. So they're getting the social, but being safe. And the great thing about we watch um, through this pandemic is we were open throughout it. Um, we were able to help all the families, um, even helping out for emergency care, um, parents that need care during that time when the daycare centers and other licensed home daycares were closed. Great. So I'm very proud that we were able to do that for the families. And I think it's so important that, you know, you have this option, like us parents have this option, because honestly, like Allison and I were talking about it off the air before, but it was just like these rolling closures in the schools where it's like, okay, you're back in and now you're out. And with how much notice were we saying, Allison? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, 12 hours, like 12 hours notice to scramble to figure out what you're going to do for childcare. Like, that's just a nightmare on families. So, to have someone like we watch, and Jessica, you said with over like 300 locations? Yeah, we have uh, 42 agencies and 970 providers. So, oh, many of them okay, available in, you know, many communities in Ontario. So, the great thing about it is that. Someone like you, Jessica, supervisor with WeWatch, you can pair the families up with the the different um, or the, the the best agency location for that family to make it work. Absolutely, we would help all of them. We've got forty two agencies, and uh, we'd be able to help them. We've got flexible hours and days to help. Um, you know, parents would have to check their local agencies to see what bit best fits for them. But we're so flexible, obviously. And again, you know, just we want to help the parents the best that we can. And parents do prefer us, as you know, we're there for them. It's the personal touch. Um, you know, I've been with WeWatch for over 20 years, and I really believe that the children are the most important thing in our world, and we need to give them the best start. And through this pandemic, we need to be there for them and their families as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing is, too, is that finding like a regula regulated child's care um, that is available to parents uh, throughout this whole thing is not easy. Um, it's not easy at all. So you were saying that there's small classrooms. Would you say how many people max? So they can have up to six daycare children in their home. 
in the licensed home daycare. Um, but not all of them have uh, six, they might have smaller numbers, but you get to pick which provider you want. So the parents have the total choice. They're not picking the four walls. They're actually picking the person that's watching their children the I entire day, which is a fabulous environment. Yeah, that's that's great because so many times you'll go to a daycare, right, Allison? And they'll be like, you think that someone's watching your kid and you're like, oh no, you're in Miss So-and-so's room or you're, in, and you don't have that that relationship you know, with that person. So having that choice, like you're saying, Jessica, is huge. And we watch takes kids as young as six weeks. Yes, they do. They do. Which is awesome. Six weeks to 12 years, I believe I was reading, right? That's correct. Yes. Perfect. 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 And so people can jump online. Uh, what is the website? Wewatch.com. For more information, they can get parent testimonials as well online. We have a beautiful website, so I'd love to uh, hear from anybody. So guys, go jump on, check them out because there you can find the different agency locations um, and you can find their different schedules because different agencies offer different schedules. So go jump on, check that out. Thank you for joining us, Jessica. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. It's myself, it's Allison Schaefer, and this is The Parenting Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Now back to the parenting show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. This is the parenting show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And I am your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. With me, I've got Allison Schaefer, good friend of the show, good friend of mine. She's an author, she's a mama. Mind you, her, we've got to talk about your girls, okay? Um, we got to talk about your girls and see how they're doing. She's also, did I say author? Because she's an author. She's a parenting expert and she's a family counselor. And so I was like, you know what? We need to have a check-in with Allison. Us parents need a check-in with Allison because we are over the one year mark of this pandemic. Yeah. Um, Allison, before the break, we were talking with Jessica from We Watch and we were just talking about the importance of like, I know that we're in a lockdown right now, but it's still important that the kids are socializing um, with yeah. other kids in a safe way. Don't get me wrong. I'm like in a very safe way in a safe environment. It's really important they do that. And by our kids having the ability to, to just maybe get out there and socialize with other kids, it also does us well as parents. Oh, it's, it is so, so important. I, I think the thing that we forget is that this idea of a nuclear family, you know, the, the, the family that is all trapped in your yeah. little apartment, condo, bungalow, <laughs> wherever you're living, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an artificial invention it's not the way we were meant to live if we romanticized it in the 50s but when we say it takes a village it literally takes a village that if you have a bad morning and you yell at your kid as we are all human and do they go off to school and then they've got a teacher or they've got you know the school bus driver or they've got the boy scout a, a trump leave someone who will validate them and and mm -hmm. you know uh, become like that buffer person so that the morning bad moment sort of rolls off their back. And when we get back together again, you've had a little break from each other. You've had some other adults in your life telling you that you're great and wonderful. And, you know, um, and so we're supposed to have these other buffers that really good child development is about being in the company 
of, of, of an adult shining face reflecting back to you that, you know, you're valuable and important. And when we're just at home with ourselves, the bickering, the fighting, the conflict, there's no decompress, there's no chance to decompress the stress. Yeah. Um, and so we're really, you know, we're seeing domestic violence is going up. We're seeing mental health issues are going up. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, siblings, they can tolerate each other for a while, but they tend to be competitive little critters <laughs> and they stir up trouble for one another. And so uh, without and having mom these, and dad, <laughs> oh, without these other buffers, you know, it's, it's not, it's just, it's really not good. And there's uh, the other thing too, is there's certain things that, that you have to learn only by being with peers. You, do you know what I mean? Like your yeah. parents can teach you certain lessons of life, but if you want to figure out like how much you can irritate someone be- before the tips of their ears get really red and then you know they're going to bite you because you took their truck. <laughs> you can't teach that to a kid as a parent. You got to learn that in the sandbox of life, right? Yeah, all the fun stuff you yeah. learn from your peers. <laughs> and even teenagers, like back in the day, teenagers that didn't live at home, like you would send them off to the next farm because it was just too much conflict during adolescence to, to in your own home. So you just went, you know, a couple of farms over and everyone took it. <laughs> Have fun. Actually, and we need space. Yeah. Well, okay. So I've got the little ones, like I mentioned, and they are at each other's throats. Like it is bad. And I, I'm like, I'm at wit's end, right? Um, we know what us adults are, are like, obviously I'm, I'm living it. You're living it. Um, but you just mentioned the teens. You mentioned the teens and then you've got two girls who are a bit older. Like, yeah. You know, this is affecting everyone of every age, every race, every color, every religion, every, every gender. Um, what is it like for your girls? Like if they, if they like come to you and said, mom, like I'm, I'm dealing, I'm good. Or mom, I can't do this. Like, this is too much. Like where are they at? Are they home with you? Or Yeah. So my kids are not, believe it or not, Pina, can you believe it? My kids are 27 and 28 now. Like I have like fully like adults. I can't, you know, and they, they live with their um, partners. So they, they both have boyfriends and they're cohabitating with them. They're both working. Um, But to your point, they both started new jobs since the pandemic. And wow, the, for them, for them, they're like starting a new job and never knowing your coworkers, like not ever meeting at the water cooler, like to just do it through Zoom. They they said that they said that feels very strange to them that they don't. And and my one daughter actually just took a um, a, a new job, and the, part of the motivation for the new position was it was a bigger team. She's like, she was too isolated, sort of being a single report. She was like, I want to work on a team. I want to do things with people, like, even if it's online, I, you know. Yeah. So there's definitely the, that motivation of like needing, needing to connect and, and noticing it. But you know what I find? And the, this, is, this is why I'm so passionate about parent education. This has created a, a pressure point where if you didn't have good foundations, they are going to start to crumble. And so I'm, nice. I, I'm feeling very pleased that they're, part of their stability is the fact that I think my kids do have good mental health pillars established. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so for s- some people, they kind of skidded by on their parenting, kind of throw, throw a technique on the wall and hope it sticks kind of parenting. But now that the kids are home all day, it's not like you can kind of just like have a little fight, get them out the door to school and then have a little fight about homework and put them in bed at the end of the day. It's like they're there all day. And if you don't have good parenting skills, because I believe it's taught, I mean, unless you miraculously had 
a wonder parent and you remember everything they did, which is none of us, um, you know, there's stuff you got to learn, you got to figure out. And, um, and so, it, you know, people are really realizing, I don't know how to get out of a fight. I don't know how to de-escalate. I don't know how to manage my emotions when I'm boiling over. Um, so, so I think a lot of people have been reaching out for uh, resources and uh, you know I've been doing this online courses and webinars and my Facebook lives. You're so stuff. good at that stuff by the way Allison. Oh thank you. Well so you know I'm, I'm passionate about it too because you know I mean it's like if somebody gave you a cure for cancer. You, 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 I feel like what I have learned it would be like selfish if I didn't share it because if it can help one family have a better day, one Absolutely. kid have a better outlook, whatever it is, one mom or dad having more confidence, whatever it is, it's like, how can you not share that? So yeah, yeah. so I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty invested in making sure that this gets out to the world. And you know what? I, we're going to mention it at the end of the show too. But Allison, I think it's really important that we share with people right now, where can they find you online? Yes. So they can jump in on these um, sessions that you do. Yeah. So the, the best starting point is my website, which is allisonshafer.com. Uh, and that's, and the, uh, I, had I had known that I was going to do so much verbally, I would not have, I would have called myself like Pat Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so the spelling is A-L-Y-S-O-N-S-C-H. AFER.com. And so when you go there, besides all the blogs and, and resources and things that are there, it's got all my social media handles and you can sign up for my e-newsletter so that I can ping you when I, when registration opens for a new event or, you know, if there's something upcoming, but it's got my podcast link and anything that I'm doing out in the world, it's going to, you'll be able to find it on that, on that. You guys main. are going to want to jump on there and you're going to want to like enter in your email because honestly, Allison is amazing and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. And Allison, you were saying that like, um, if I rewind a little bit, you'd mentioned that, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's times when like us parents, we just don't know how to like, you know, deal with a fight, end a fight. I don't even know. Is this something that you can like sum up? Is there any advice that you can quickly give us? Because I find that I just, I get, I'm so frustrated the kids are frustrated, so they're not listening. Then I'm raising my voice. Then it's like, oh my God, now I feel guilty. Oh my gosh, bad mom. And it's this vicious cycle. And I just feel like I can't get a grasp on things. And I know that it's not just me, that a lot of people are feeling like this. So like, is there any advice or anything that you can like share with us? Like, Yeah, no, for sure. You know, so... I think one uh, small basic, but um, I'm, I'm a really big believer in family meetings. And yes, the reason- you always say this. I know, yes. and, and people like the idea, and then they go, ah, but we didn't do them. And I'm like, well, so the idea behind a family meeting is, is that so much of the conflict that people bring to my private practice are things that are problems in the family that need to be resolved. But what ends up happening is instead of resolving them in a calm, collected way and problem solving, people just fight it to the death. And, and then they, and then they fight about it again the next day. Like if you're, I'm just thinking like, for example, here's like a small thing, but people will fight over who gets to sit next to one of the parents at the table. I want to sit next to mom. I want to sit next to mom. You sat next to mom last time. And so every night there's this fight about the seating arrangement at the table. 
Now, if you put that on an agenda for a family meeting and you say, you know, every night we fight about who sits where at the table, could we come up with something that would work for everybody and just put that fight to bed? And you know, if you just keep working one, like one at a time through these, a lot of this stuff is this inconsequential stuff. And even if you say, hey, listen, you know, you guys all said that you were going to put your plates in the dishwasher, but nobody's putting their plates in. Instead of coming down and yelling at them because you worked all day and the kitchen's now a mess and you're trying to start dinner and you're mad and the kids didn't do what you said and here we are again for the hundredth time. If you say, our system's not working. <laughs> I keep yelling. Nothing gets done. Nothing changes. How can we do this better? And so you ask the kids for some input on how things can go better. And this is really important. And you also ask them for the accountability piece. So you say, what should happen because I don't want to yell anymore. What should happen when I come into the kitchen and people have promised and made an agreement to do the dishes and they're not done? What should happen then? Talk about that at the yeah. meeting. And teach. And so you show your kids how to make a good consequence. And then when you actually have to do it, they're not mad at you because you've already discussed it. Allison, can you just like move in with me? <laughs> Listen, meetings take a lot of work and a lot of skill. So I say, you know, they don't give up on them too early, but the better your kids get at problem solving, those are also the kids who build resiliency skills so that when they do become teenagers, they're not collapsing because a pandemic has wrecked their, you know, uh, high school marks or something. Yeah, it's so true. Oh my gosh. We are talking about the pandemic. We're talking about this COVID life. We're talking about the stresses and the anxiety and everything that goes along with it, but not only for us as parents, but our kids with parenting expert and family counselor, Allison Schaefer. Don't go anywhere. We will be back with more right here on The Parenting Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Parenting Show. It's Sunday night and I am your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. With me, I've got Allison Schaefer, family counselor, parenting expert, mama, author. Oh my God, amazing woman. <laughs> good friend of the show and good friend of mine, Allison. Allison, I'm so happy to see your beautiful face. Oh. And I'm so happy to hear your voice. Um, you always have the best advice. With all, well, thank you. You know, it's interesting. People say, oh, you know, you talk such common sense, but it's not common sense until after you say it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I get to have the profession where I'm working with these concepts all the time. So, uh, you know, and, and then I just share it in bite-sized morsels that parents that are generally overwhelmed can kind of ingest and hopefully put into practice right away. I try to be very, very pragmatic in my advice giving. And I love it because it is, it's in bite-sized pieces that I can, I can take and I can consume and I'm not overwhelmed. And then I just feel a little bit better. And I'm like, that's doable. I can do that in my life and I can do that at home with my kids. Um, and talking about our lives and our kids during COVID, during this worldwide pandemic that we're still in, um, mental health. Yeah. You know? um, I kind of say that giggling into it, but I am dead serious. Mental health is huge. You said it earlier in the show, Allison. You said mental health is on a rise. You said that... Um, domestic abuse, violence is on a rise. Um, we didn't mention suicide, but that is on the rise. 
And um, it doesn't help. It does not help that we are in this situation. You know, I myself can tell you that my mental health has taken a dive since we got into this last year. And I don't know if you recall, Allison, but I was saying on our the show that we did last year together um, was that I have my highs and my lows. And a lot of people I talk to say the same things. One minute, I'm like, I got this. I'm good. I can do this. I'm confident. Um, I'm strong. And then the next minute, it's just like, I don't, all of that stuff just goes right out the window. And you're like, literally in a ball. I've been in a ball you know, with my bedroom door shut and like sitting on the floor in front of my door, just crying because I'm like, I can't do this. I just yelled at the kids. The kids are pissed. They're sad. They don't understand. They're confused. But so am I to a certain extent. So how am I supposed to communicate this to them? And it's just like this crazy vicious cycle, you know? Um, And it's not good for anyone. Like I said, it's not only us adults, but it's the kids too. Yeah. No, it's I, I, I think that when we start collecting these silver lining moments that the pandemic is going to have, have brought to us, because there have been some, there have been people yes. who said, you know, um, we just had our first baby and I would I would have never have had this much time with my newborn if I had to go back to the workplace, you know, yeah. to be able to work from home and, and give a hand with the newborn. That was great. Or da- I, someone was saying that they commute and they said they hadn't had a family meal, you know, in years with their family. And they were like, oh, now we're having dinner every night. Like there, there yeah. are people telling positive stories. And I will hope that one of the positive stories that comes out of this is that our recognition for the regular um, requirements to have mental health supports uh, for people to canvas to improve access I mean, this is where I feel really badly for the teenagers. I don't know if people know this, but um, adult mental health issues usually start, if you trace backwards, when did you have your first depression? When did you start having anxiety? Um, it usually starts in adolescence. It's a very vulnerable time. And yet, pediatric, we call it pediatric, uh, but adolescent mental health services, very underfunded. The wait lists, um, you know, but Sick Kids Hospital said that they said they knew that that this was going to put um, pressure on youth and that they would see an increase in people coming to their emergency ward, the psychiatric emergency ward. But they said they had no idea the amount of volume was way higher than they anticipated and that the cases would be so young and so severe. Um, so we, so anxiety, depression, and eating disorders, those are the three that, 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 mm-hmm. that tend to manifest in our children. When you put them under stress, they, they have different symptomatology, but those are the ones that, that kind of come out and those are just really out of control right now. Um, so we have, yeah, we have to take it. We really need to take it seriously. These kids, um, they don't have the same coping skills that adults do. And, you know, look at it, you know, if we're, if we're not coping, and we have skills. Can you imagine, you know, what it's like for them? This is a really strange and artificial way to be living. Um, but at the same time, kids are resilient. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to make it all doom and gloom. Like I said, it doesn't help when we pity kids. That's that's not a helpful response from, from yeah. adults. We, we want to be reminding them um of uh, uh you know how that they're they're doing important world work and 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 then just really getting down to some of the basics that we need to do for good mental health and and like for example 
we really need to be paying attention to how we're feeding our children. That that if yes, you Yes, I'm glad you said that. Health, if you don't have good gut health, you are not going to have proper the po- the proper um, ability to create the neurotransmitters for good brain health, um, good sleep. I mean, our kids, especially the the older ones, you know, they're up until three, four o'clock in the morning. Which again, I don't mind. It, it is I really I don't mind the adolescent brain actually. Uh, it shifts the circadian rhythms shift in adolescence, so they're not tired at eleven o'clock at night. But the problem is. They, they're staying up late because that's how they're getting their privacy. They, you know, they can't yeah. go to the mall. They can't go to the movies. So this is their way of like checking out from adult life and having their own privacy. The problem is that they have to get up and be in front of a Zoom camera at eight in the morning for class. So, you know, if they're doing non-synchronous learning, that's that's different. They can, you know, sit, they can do that at noon. So, yeah. I, but they need to get the full complement of sleep. So good sleep, um, good eating, good outside exercise, vitamin D, everybody. Um, and then f- having goals, having short-term goals. Because t- t- you said, you know, going on the gerbil wheel, Groundhog Day, over and over again, that feels yeah. like we have no purpose. We need to have a purpose. So anyone who can find something that is like, great, we're all going to learn how to make sourdough bread, or you know, I'm going to start a podcast, or I'm going to you know, uh, get my garage band and make, you know, do some virtual music they they need to have something yeah i think that that you bring up a really really good point because if we as adults and our children can keep busy with some type of activity some kind of hobby um it gets your mind off of things it gets your mind off of the bad and it actually like makes you happy and smile and that's what we need. I'm so glad you brought that up. And guys, Allison, Allison's here with all of her amazing ideas and suggestions and advice. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on the Parenting Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Now, back to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night and you are tuned into the Parenting Show with me, your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca and our special guest, Miss Allison Schaefer, parenting expert, uh, family counselor, author, mama, and my dear friend, um, Allison, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We've talked a lot. We've talked about so many different things. We just spoke about mental health as well. And a lot of people, when you think mental health, you think, okay, what can I do for myself? What can I do to maybe cheer myself up, to smile, to make myself happy? And then a lot of people relate that to self-care. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have to, we need, nobody likes to have negative emotions. We don't like them. We, we, we prefer the, we prefer the validating emotions. So everything in life, if you think about it, is about moving in the direction of trying to feel better. What we have to remember is feeling better is not always good. Meaning it's very easy to have a glass of wine and you'll get, you'll bring your anxiety down almost immediately. But we now also know that we've got a huge amount of uh, alcohol over users and abusers and people that are going down the slippery slope of addiction. So it's better to think, what else can I be doing to really get some pops, the, 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 the better feelings, the good feelings through healthy, constructive ways. And a lot of that comes from really paying attention. You already named a couple of them. I am very attuned to how I feel. 
my mood, my feeling state. Um, and then I, I pay attention to what lifts it up and what brings it down. And then I can insert in there things where it's like, oh, okay. So for example, like I am not watching television shows that are like about graphic murders. I, 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 I no, I'm sorry. I, I'm I, doing, sorry. I'm doing full rom-com, full rom-com, <laughs> you Me know, too. I'm doing cooking shows. I'm doing light, light and happy. Even <laughs> my choice of, of books that I'm reading are, have positive spirit to them. I will consciously at the end of my work day, change the music into something so that my mood changes with my music. I put on aromatherapy. Um, I like, I'm const- constantly thinking of what I can do for that uptick. So I, I'm on a news diet. I only read the Sunday paper. I, I, anything else important makes its way to me through other things. I control my social media. I am not constantly on my, my phone that way. I need that detox. Um, you know, uh, I am giving myself complete, complete permission to sleep as much as I need to sleep or whatever. And, and so yeah. I think part of self-care is also, this is maybe really critical that people haven't thought about, just listen to how you talk to yourself. Listen to that voice in your head that spends most of its day beating you up with criticism. Uh, you know, and I always just say to myself, there's going to be enough people out there that want to tear me down. I don't need to add. I don't need to so add sure to the is. list. That, that when we talk about having self-compassion, it really is about being gentle with oneself. It's really about giving yourselves permission to, to have a bad day, permission to have a messier house, permission to say, I couldn't be the best homeschooler for my kid today, you know, um, to, to, to say, you know, this is, this is all I have and this is good enough and, and be okay with it and be so okay glad. with it. I'm so uh, glad you're saying this um, because we are so hard on ourselves. I myself know firsthand I am like the worst with myself, the worst. Um, and one of the things I did, started doing throughout this pandemic was I started to journal. When, when you, at the end of the day, when you do that reflection, you're like, oh, you know, I set out to do this and I did it. And maybe some needed tweaking, but that your brain will, that that's going to give you a dopamine hit. That's going to give you like a ding, 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 ding. The reward center really likes that. And that's the part where we're kind of flatlining because we don't really have our event horizon is like, it's just the same, the same, the same, the same. So we need to create these little, you know, having that little intentional plan for the day and then saying, did it, nailed it. It's what I wanted. That's, that all falls yeah. in that same good brain health thing. It's these little things that don't even take up that much time, but can make a huge difference. And even something as simple as doing affirmations, like I'll tell you, it was not easy at first. Cause you're like, you need to find something nice to say about yourself. And it is extremely hard. But once you start doing it, like honest to God, it gets easier and it does change your mood and set your day off on the perfect, like in the perfect way, I should say. Yeah. And I'm, a, I, I also, I journal, I'm a big fan of that. I do the gratitudes as part of my journaling and, uh, and then I do a mindfulness meditation practice. And again, to your point about it doesn't need to take long, literally these apps you can set for one minute, even one mindful minute is still done repeatedly. Cause it's like a little mental push up. Um, but the science is just too blaringly clear that good mental health improves through the rewiring of the brain circuitry that happens when you do a daily meditation. So no, it does not need to be a long thing. Um, but, but 
you know, start small. Like I, I started with five minutes and then I moved up to 10 and 20 minutes is, you know, now, you know, the Dalai Lama meditates for two hours. I don't have that no, kind of time, you. but, but, um, in terms of the, the, the benefit is, is off the cushion, right? It, what it really does is when I am not meditating, when I'm out in the world, I am better at, at being responsive instead of reactive. Um, it, you know, so it's, it's really, um, about changing your relationship with 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 your mind, with your thoughts, and a whole bunch of other great things. But it's uh, it's, it's pretty darn powerful. So um, you know, I, we're teaching this now to kids, and that's um, what I was just gonna say. I was gonna say something like mindfulness meditations is stuff that you can do with your kids, or even give to your kids. You know, yeah. So check out on their own. There's a there's a, a great YouTube and website called kidevolve.ca. And what's great is that they're not adult meditations made short. They're literally like stories for kids, but they are, it is a guided meditation, but they just sound like stories. But the science shows it is still wiring their brains. It still it still has all those those great benefits. And every kid likes listening to a story. Yeah. And you know, I've also been telling parents, listen, it doesn't all have to fall on you. This is what I mean about being overly responsible. You can turn it over to the kids and say, okay, each of you get a day. Um, and for your day this Saturday, you're the entertainment director, organize the whole day. What are we going to do for the whole day? You know, and, and, and put it, put it to them. And then they're going to be all excited. Oh, we're going to put on a show. Oh, we're going to bake cookies. Oh, we're going to, you know, and then you follow along and, um, it's, they love that it's their day and takes the load of us trying to figure out what to do with the kids. And then you rotate it around. They love it. And sometimes I think that's exactly what we need to do. We just need to take a step back. We need to take a deep breath. We need to just relax and just go with the flow. Thank you so much oh, for joining us today, you, Allison. Thank you, Thanks you for having me on. Oh, so good to see you. Thank you for so all you're doing for you. parents. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, again, guys, if you want to check Allison out, you can do so on our website, which is allisonschafer.com. And yes. it's Allison. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N. Schaefer is S. C-H-A-F-E-R.com. Go there. Then you can sign up to her newsletter and hit her up on all her socials because definitely you are going to want to do that. That is it for us, but we will catch you next week right here on The Parenting Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, and I'm Pina Crispo of chicmama.ca. Bye.